everybody. Welcome to Rachel's Reviews. I'm so excited today. The Oscars are coming up this weekend. We know that, but we have the much better awards happening today. We have our awards that we're giving out for all different kinds of fun superlatives that if the Oscars use these categories, they would be way more fun. <laughs> and I am film critic Rachel Wagner and my friend Conrado is here. We've done this the last couple of years. It's really fun and thank you so much for coming on the podcast it's always my pleasure <laughs> yes so uh well let's just dive in we got a bunch of categories and uh you know you and i we have very different opinions on a lot of different things but this mm -hmm. is just uh gonna be a lot of fun and uh, so let's dive in our first category is the best blockbuster of the year and that can the word blockbuster can be different things to different people um mm -hmm. and a lot of these i admit i ended up having two choices because i just couldn't decide but uh what is your favorite blockbuster that you saw of 2008? okay so i am glad you said blockbuster can mean different things to different people because i had a i had trouble kind of deciding what a blockbuster should be for this category partially because what we would typically think of blockbusters of this year like you know like your star wars your avengers mm -hmm. i didn't really love those so i was trying to find something an alternative and i was toying with like getting a movie that is like very popular and made a lot of money but it's not really what we would call a blockbuster i guess as my pick and at the end of the year i saw a bollywood movie or rather an indian movie uh i don't think it qualifies as bollywood technically but the point is, I saw it on Amazon Prime. It was a 2019 release in India, and it is, I think, unquestionably a blockbuster. And it's called Saira Narasimha Reddy. Mm. And it is a absolutely crazy movie, um, almost as crazy as the one that you love, which, mm. which one's that, Bahubali T? Yeah, yes. it's much more violent, so I don't know if it's going to be up your alley. There's like mm. quite a bit of blood. But it's basically the story of this guy, Narasimha Reddy, who is like some sort of freedom fighter in 19th century uh, India. And it's basically a story of his life, but it's not really what we think of as a biopic. It's much more like if this guy who actually existed is sort of like his John Wick or something, you know what I mean? He's like this superhero who is mm -hmm. able to like defeat all the British uh evil British soldiers, one of which looks like Christian Bale, and he just like, you know, decapitates them and fights with everyone, and this incredible action choreography, absolutely bonkers uh, action and violence. Mm -hmm. um, it's a very nationalistic movie, I get the sense, for from an Indian perspective, but you know what? Um, we have a lot of nationalistic movies in America that are very popular, so why not? I went with Saira. Mm, that's really cool. Actually, Bao Bali is pretty violent. You do have some decapitations and things like that in in Bahu Bali, but, but yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I felt the same way. I mean, it, it it's not. Uh, I wouldn't pick it as my favorite, but I did. I felt the same kind of thing with the Wandering Earth. You know, mm. as far as like seeing something that's spectacle and big and bombastic and kind of Michael Bay from a Chinese perspective and it's sort of that right. that nationalism I thought was 
was fun and refreshing and different and uh and so i i uh, i totally totally get that so would you not consider little women a blockbuster um this is a good question because i was thinking little women i was thinking maybe us which i also loved mm -hmm. um as blockbusters because they made a lot of money and you know, there was a time in which a blockbuster is just a movie that makes a lot of money mm -hmm. and not necessarily a movie with a bunch of visual effects and stuff. But because I was both of those movies I was going to mention in other categories that mm -hmm. we'll see later, I decided to go with this one. Very good. Very cool. Um, so my uh, my answer for this, this one is Avengers Endgame. I really loved it. I thought it tied everything together uh, so well from the different movies. It made it made a different uh, movies that I didn't think were the best. They it made them actually matter in a way that I thought was really well done. And I just loved the ending for Tony and Steve. I thought was perfect. And uh, the Avengers Assemble was such a great moment uh, that just made you want to cheer. To me, it didn't feel like three hours. I I just really enjoyed every time I saw it and because I love these characters and I love the world and I I thought they did really they had an incredibly tough task of you know kind of wrapping up these 22 movies and I thought they did uh, just about as good as anybody could do <laughs> for it and so I really enjoyed it that's definitely my favorite blockbuster and then I also I know you don't agree but I really enjoyed Ford v Ferrari I thought that the uh, I thought the racing was really good. I thought the relationship was really good. It was really a story about friendship and uh, that I enjoyed. And uh, I thought it was a really fun, just sort of spectacle entertainment of these, the races, these were kind of spectacle entertainment. So I, I enjoyed it. So that would be my, my two choices for best blockbuster. Yeah, um, I won't comment on Ford v Ferrari, but I will agree at least a little bit with you about Avengers Endgame. I don't think I like it as much as you, but I was really surprised with, with how much I enjoyed it and how much it made me feel like this whole Marvel Cinematic Universe thing was actually paying off in some way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So we're going to talk best indie. And there were a lot of indies that I really enjoyed, and I am going to cover some uh, in different categories, uh, but uh, I, I really loved uh, Blinded by the Light uh, is my favorite. I I don't know if I, Blinded by the Light and Parasite, uh, if, if, you, if you can't Parasite as an indie, um, I don't know, uh, but I really loved Blinded by the Light. I thought it had such, uh, I thought it really captured the experience of becoming a fan when you're a fan of something when you're in high school when you're a teenager and it's just that that when you become kind of borderline a little bit obsessed with it and it just that that experience of being kind of uh of something making you just really connecting with something when you're young and it really captured that for me so well and it was such a joyous film i'm not even that big of a springsteen fan but i just I just loved the way they staged the music. I loved the way they, they did the themes with family. And uh, I, I liked all the performances. I thought it was funny. I liked, I just loved it. And so that's, that's my favorite. All right. I haven't seen that one still. Um, but as far as my indie pick, um, I was um, 
indie i feel it's also another word like blockbuster like what how do you define it what does it mean so i just looked at my top 10 list and i decided to go with the movie that i love the most which i think is the most independent the most like mm-hmm. that was just probably the hardest to find the money to make it and that it feels like it has that spirit of like an alternative to the what we usually see in the theaters and that would be the movie atlantics um directed by Mati diop who is mm-hmm. a french uh, director. This is her first feature uh, film and it's about uh, takes place in Senegal and it's about this young woman whose boyfriend sets out to, you know, on a boat to try to get to Europe and get better work and then um, he doesn't return or maybe does he? It's kind of a, a story, it's kind of a ghost story, it's kind of a zombie story it's kind of a you know, it's a social realism thing, but also like with magical touches to it. It is, to me, a very, very unique movie. I didn't see a movie quite like it this whole year. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, very touching coming of age story. Um, I really recommend it. It's a bit available on Netflix right now. So anyone who has Ooh. Netflix can watch it. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I haven't heard of it. I mean, I'd heard you talk about it, but um mm-hmm. i uh yeah i haven't i haven't seen it oh uh, yeah very cool that's right we talked about it on our other podcast which everyone who's listening to this can go over and and listen to the criterion project in which yes. rachel and i every other week uh look at one of the movies in the criterion channel in the criterion collection and talk about it mm-hmm. um yeah it's a lot of fun so please uh, go check that out yeah. yeah definitely uh so our next category is best animation and uh, I, I did love Toy Story 4, but um, my favorite was, was Claws. Uh, ding, Claws. ding, 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 ding. Yeah. It's the first time we're aligning. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Claws. I mean, it was almost, it's like they had made somebody put all the stuff I like into a thing. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, okay, I, mean, I love Christmas movies. I love 2D animation. I, uh, you know, just all of the different things. Absolutely. Um, I love it. It had to be a musical to make it. To yes, it that's, that's true. But, uh, and I'm excited this year uh, in this, this fall, we're getting from Netflix, from uh, Glenn, animator Glenn Keane is making a, uh, a I think it's going to be 2D uh, animated musical for Netflix. Which, oh, great. So excited about that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, I just loved Claus. I thought that uh, that it had uh, that that the character who, who you know becomes our Santa Claus. That I thought that he was more wounded than I was expecting, and I just felt for him. I loved the way the movie used lighting to kind of show uh, the the characters as they sort of thaw out from these feuds mm-hmm. that they're having, and. Uh, and start to change and the kids especially as they begin to learn how to read learn how to and uh and i loved the you kind of have a similar journey to that like cusco has you know and and, uh, i definitely got some feelings from emperor's new groove at times Mm -hmm. um but i and i thought it was really funny i just loved it i thought it was so good my favorite movie of the whole year Oh, wonderful. My, definitely my favorite animated movie of the year. And it's also my pick for best animation. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous movie to look at. Absolutely incredible design, lighting, animation, character design, character animation. I think it's just wonderful. Director, his Sergio Pablos, he is just 
doing something really special. I'm glad that you mentioned Emperor's New Groove. I think this is definitely, that's another favorite of mine. And I feel like this fits with that a lot. Yeah. Um, I think the comedy is spot on and and the heart, like you're saying, like all the the emotions at the end of the movie also hit me very hard. I love Klaus. Yeah, it was so good. And I, it's definitely become going to become a, a, a favorite of mine every year to for sure watch mm-hmm. at Christmas, which yeah. uh you know is very exciting for me and it's and it's becoming a little bit of an oscar front runner right like unexpectedly it's starting yeah. to win the annie award the bafta and now on sunday maybe it'll take best animated feature i'm crossing my fingers oh, i'll be really happy too. i would be thrilled if that was the case it would oh i'd be so excited so yeah we will uh we'll, we'll, see. Have, we'll have to see uh so next we have best indie animation. I don't know if you were able to see any of the smaller films outside of Claws uh, this year. I saw, I saw a couple. Um, I saw I Lost My Body, which was pretty good. I liked the stuff with the hand. Yeah. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of Weathering With You, which is the other one. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, I didn't see that many. So I decided to go with, I don't know if you think this counts as indie, but it's a short film that was crowdfunded, which mm-hmm. I think it's pretty indie, and it's a yeah. Hair Love which is also nominated for an Oscar in animated short. And it's this little short about a, a dad and, and trying to do uh, his daughter's hair. And it's very uh, lovely, directed by Mark Cherry. And I thought it was very cute. I loved that short. It was so good. So yeah, very good choice. I would also be so excited if they win uh, it, Me the too. Oscars. I mean, I loved um, uh, Kip, Kipple. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's pretty that good. That was really too. cute. Uh, but um but um, I have two that I wanted to talk about. The first one is called Promare. And I, I, uh, this movie isn't for everybody. It's very, like, if you have any kind of, like, photo sensitivity, it's, it throws a lot at the screen. And it will, be, wait, it will be too spastic for some people. But I thought it was exhilarating. Uh, the, the animation is very geometric and, and just kind of wild, <laughs> um, which I thought was really stunning i love the animation but i also thought the story was really good it's uh it's set in this futuristic world where uh they're the people are taught to to hate this group called the burnish which are kind of like the x-men sort of like they have mutant kind of powers and so there's a whole uh a whole sort of army unit kind of that their whole task is to is to find and kill the burnish and Mm. uh and the the lead character has been taught this his whole life and uh and then he ends up in a situation where he has to interact with the burnish and he starts to realize oh maybe the things i've been taught aren't correct about this group and so i thought it had an actual really good story good characters uh and just really exhilarating animation so i highly recommend it if you can if you can handle something that's that is kind of, like I said, a little bit uh, throws a lot at the screen uh, mm. <laughs> as far as the animation goes. Um, Do you know if it's available somewhere? Um, I I don't. Let me, I'm not sure if it's uh, if it's if you can rent it quite yet, but yeah. um, it actually did so well enough that they ended because they did one of those like fathom events for two mm-hmm. three days or whatever they it was did well enough that they brought it back and did another weekend in december um mm. so that was exciting and i uh, i don't think 
it's out yet uh, on streaming, but I think it will be soon. So right. something to uh, to definitely keep an eye out for because I really, if you watch the trailer, you'll immediately know this is for me or it's not for me. <laughs> Um, but I really enjoyed it. Um, then the other one that is available to rent right now or purchase is a little indie film called Funon. And we did it for this month's Obscure Animation, me and Stanford. And this is a beautiful film. Uh, it's quite devastating at times. Uh, that is about, it's set in, uh, in Cambodia in the 1970s during mm. the uh, Khmer Rouge. And this family that is separated and forced to work in these uh, these labor camps uh, that, that they had. And it is, like I said, quite devastating, but it is absolutely beautifully animated. I thought that it was very moving and, uh, and the ending is quite triumphant. Uh, it's a hidden gem from last year that's definitely worth checking out. All right. Yeah. So, all right, best, who do you think was the best director of 2019 okay um i thought 2019 was a really good year i had a tough time uh narrowing these uh categories down but i've decided to spread the wealth so i'm going all over the place and i do think that the director whose work i thought was the most uh perfect and the most like flawless was celine siama for uh, portrait of a lady on fire mm. Um, which is a movie that I saw at the New York Film Festival and had a very short qualifying run in December. It's opening uh, a limited release in more cities in, on Valentine's Day, and then it's expanding throughout the country. And I think it's just a wonderful, wonderful love story about uh, a woman in, um, I think it's seven, no, 18th century France or something like that. Maybe it's 19th mm -hmm. century. I think it's 19th century, whatever. She uh, is called into this island to paint the portrait of this like wealthy-ish uh, young lady who's going to be married to an aristocrat from Italy. And so um, the girl doesn't want to get married be because um, her sister was originally supposed to marry this guy and um, she was a nun and she has been pulled from the nunnery for so she can marry for, his fa for her family. And while this woman is painting the picture and trying to convince this woman to let her paint the picture, um, they fall in love. And it's a very, uh, it's a very interesting story, very lovely, mm -hmm. uh, very great. I mean, talking about the direction, I think it's a very exciting movie about the way in which Celine Siama kind of like, almost every scene starts one way and then reveals itself to be another, almost every shot. She's very, it's a story about how we see things and how we see each other. And so constantly we're seeing something and it kind of like so very, in a very subtle way, kind of changes into something else throughout the movie, throughout almost every scene. And it's very, very exciting. Um, I love that movie. I'm excited to see it. I, you know, I, I haven't gotten, I didn't get a chance to see it, but uh, I've heard nothing but great, great reviews. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. And uh, for me, uh, I, I have to go with Bong Joon-ho uh, for Parasite. I think that movie is basically mm -hmm. flawlessly directed. Great pick. Uh, it's, I mean, incredible. And I didn't even realize that the whole house and everything was all, was all on a set. Like, I had no idea until fairly recently mm -hmm. um, that, that that was the case. And that made me even admire it even more. Uh, it, it's it's just it's so good it's yeah. so good so yeah. that had to be my pick 
definitely Bong Joon-ho. I just feel like he is kind of like uh, this combination of like Alfred Hitchcock and Steven Spielberg. She yeah. like he like is able to do like very artsy, very crafty stuff and also like super crowd pleasing super engaging like you know suspense and thriller and action and everything that you need he's like the whole package i love him yeah yeah Yeah, i really do i i would be it's probably going to go to 1917 but i would be really excited if it if it did pull out the the win i think there's uh yeah i think there's a chance it could but i think yeah yeah for best picture yeah I think so. I think Best Director is going to be a tougher nut to crack, but I think maybe Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Actually, I just posted my Oscar predictions on my blog, mm-hmm. so um, I don't know when this yeah. episode is going to go out, but if it's before Sunday, people can go check them out. I am predicting Parasite will pull out the Best Picture. Oh, I know I'm... it's a long shot, but we'll see. Yeah, I'd be so excited. I really would. Uh, so, all right. Uh, best Actress... For me, this was easy. I have Jesse Buckley in Wild Rose. This was a movie that I loved. Uh, I, 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 it's really cool when this happens where I had just gone to the, uh, the Art House Theater here in, in, in Salt Lake and I just uh, was made a day out of it. And I saw three movies that day. And this one, I hadn't heard anything about it. I didn't know anything uh, about any of the actors or anything like that. Uh, but it just fit in between the other two movies and the other two movies I ended up not caring for, but uh, then I ended up loving this one. So it was just such a, a huge surprise for me. And I absolutely love the music and Jesse Buckley's voice is incredible. She's so talented, but I thought she did such a good job at, of portraying this uh, woman who uh you know is holding on to this dream of becoming a country singer in scotland of all places and and uh and then but yet she still is trying to be a good mother but she's just been out of prison and uh so she uh, has all of these sort of conflicting thoughts and uh, i thought that she did an amazing job and it was a movie that i really loved uh wild rose and everybody should watch it i think it's great yeah, I am so upset I haven't seen it yet. I've heard nothing but great things about it and people raving about Jesse Buckley and the songs in the movie. So I, I do want to catch up with it. Yeah, and I'm I'm so excited to see that she's getting uh, more work. And I just think she has huge potential, uh, mm-hmm. both in music and in as an actress. So did you love her in Judy? <laughs> she was probably my favorite part. Um, yeah, she was in Judy. She uh it was in she's in a movie that uh i saw at sundance called iron bark which i think uh will um will do pretty well um uh, and then she was in dr doolittle but hopefully uh oh, wow. it won't hurt her too much <laughs> but i just love her i think she's she's amazing so um that yeah. would be my choice uh what about you uh my choice is also no contest for me lupita nyong'o us just an incredible performance um playing a double role and just being absolutely terrifying and um just incredible i just think it's like an incredible piece of acting i don't fully understand how it didn't get more awards attention how it didn't get an oscar nomination just based on the fact that people who do these kinds of roles tend to be nominated you know like transformations and you know joaquin phoenix and joker i feel like she's running laps around him and Mm -hmm. you know 
just because the movie didn't have the same push, it just didn't happen. But um, mm-hmm. I love her and I think she's great. Yeah, uh, it's a good choice. I mean, especially because she's playing two roles uh, in in the film. So that, you know, adds a whole nother layer uh, mm-hmm. to it. So yeah, it's definitely a good choice. It's probably just because it came out early in the year. It was just so yeah. stupid that that makes a difference, but it seems to. Yeah, and the horror thing. And I think at yeah. some point people just decided it wasn't Get Out and it was not going to win this picture and they just didn't try that hard. Right. Uh, so for Best Actor, I went with Matthias Schoenhartz in the movie Mustang. Uh, this movie is typically not the kind of movie that I would connect with, uh, but I, I did very much because he's a, a really angry man. Uh, he's oh. in prison and he has a lot of rage and that's normally not an energy i connect with but i thought that he managed to find the humanity in the role and uh his as he sort of changes with bonding with this horse because it's all about this uh program in this prison that they the prisoners work with tra- uh, training these must the wild mustangs and obviously there's like a metaphor in him as kind of the wild mustang the out of control um but i thought it was a wonderful movie uh that another one that i think uh, with the right kind of push could have um done better <clears throat> at award season uh i really enjoyed it i mean it was it was really good uh it's is directed by uh, a woman um from last year and i thought it was a really good film and i thought he did such a good job bringing the humanity to the role great mm-hmm. i haven't seen that one either um lots of stuff i have to catch up on after <laughs> this episode. Um, it's impossible to see i mean i saw uh including tv movies i thought i saw 350 new releases in uh in 2019 and there's still so many that i i there's still a ton that i haven't seen it's just crazy <laughs> but who do you have as best actor Best actor, I gotta go. Adam Sandler, Uncut Gems. Mm-hmm. I uh, my reasoning is not just that I think he's great in the movie, and it's a movie that I love. Um, you haven't seen it, have you? No. Yeah, I don't know if it will be something that you'd enjoy. <laughs> yeah, it's just, just a very stressful, so. very brash uh, experience. Um, but anyway, it's the kind of movie that I love. I think he's great in it. Also, this was my determining factor because there were some others that I really love, um, other performances. Antonio Banderas in Pain and Glory, for example, mm-hmm. is incredible. Um, but I decided Sandler just because I couldn't imagine the movie working the way it does if another actor had done it. Right. I think the fact that Sandler is the main character really brings the movie together and, and makes the movie. So I just had to go with him. Very good, very good. I've heard, uh, I've heard that he is really good in in that role. Uh, so okay, then we have best ensemble film, and for me, it's pretty clear. I'd either go with Parasite or with Avengers Endgame. I thought were those uh, the best ensembles. Okay. Well, this is half a ding 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 because I definitely would go with Parasite. Mm-hmm. I think um, there's just no question for me. I think. Um, there are some other ensembles that I love, Hustlers, Little Women, but I think Parasite, the way those actors work together, mm-hmm. it is just incredible. The fact that it's so hard for me to point to a favorite performance in that movie, yeah. it, it speaks to the fact that they're so, um, you know, um, 
that are working so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's it, it's such a good uh, ensemble, and the fact that they bring humanity to these characters that uh, sometimes aren't very likable, and uh, and they don't treat anybody as sort of dispen- uh, dispens- disposable. Like even the 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 rich family aren't like these super snobs in my opinion like i understand i feel like i understand their perspective and who they are as people uh and the 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 poor people aren't just these the poor poor family aren't just these sort of jerks they have their perspective as well uh and uh so yeah i it's so good it's it's so good and i don't know i just for me the reason why i have to give endgame a shout out is just the collection of actors that marvel has assembled is one of the, I mean, I think even if you don't like the Marvel movies, it's hard to argue that the casting has not been hmm. excellent uh, for their films and uh, and just the whole Avengers Avengers Assemble uh, mo- moment with this whole cast of all these all these actors and all these people that I love uh, was really was really well done. So anyway uh then we have supporting actress and i have to return to wild rose uh because i loved it so much and julie walters was so good in this movie the thing i I, we've seen this so many times where you have the overbearing kind of dream squashing parent parental figure kind of role in this type of movie but like in this case her perspective totally made sense which i really appreciated and because she uh she has been watching uh her grandchildren while jesse's character is in prison and she sees what this dream has cost her daughter and is continuing to cost and it's cost her and she uh you know she's she just wants to try to for her to say you're missing all of this time with your children you're missing all of this time that's precious and will not you will not get again is this dream really worth it is have we sacrificed enough uh as a family and as a uh and her sort of arc as she uh she really does love her daughter and she's not just some overbearing parent which i i just thought was she did such a good job uh and uh she's a really great actress you know she's great in paddington she's great i think she's great actually in the harry potter movies uh i just i love her and uh so yeah that's who i have to pick great Mm -hmm. supporting actress for me it's also another no-brainer jennifer lopez and hustlers one of my favorite performances of the year the probably the worst thing that's happened to me in 2020 so far when she didn't get nominated (laughs) Um, I just love her. I just think mm-hmm. kind of like Sandler in Uncut Gems. I just feel like if she's not in the movie, then you know what I mean? It's just the yeah. thing that brings it all together to the next level. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, it's the perfect encapsulation of, of why Jennifer Lopez is a star, why people like her, what has made her so successful in her career. It's all here in this performance. And, and also a um, an argument against the people who like, you know, uh, trashed her for so long saying that she was such a bad actress um, I think and I thought for a long time that it was more so that she didn't have the material to work with um, and this is kind of the proof to that yeah yeah she makes that movie 
uh, for sure. There's no doubt about it. She's, she is great uh, in it. And I also, I think that Florence Pugh uh, in Little Women is, uh, and I thought she was great. This is more of a lead role, mm -hmm. but uh, and I actually really loved fighting, fighting for my family. Oh, uh, I didn't see it, that. Yeah, it was, a, I mean, I love, I love sports, you know, underdog sports movies mm -hmm. and that kind of a narrative, but uh, I thought she was just excellent in it. And yeah. She had such a great year in uh, um, totally. 2019. I, I, um, I didn't see Midsommar, but to have three standout uh, performances uh, in one year is pretty, pretty, pretty great. Yeah, she would probably be my runner-up for supporting actress Florence Pugh in Little Women. Yeah, I think yeah. she's great. Very good. All right, supporting actor. I have an actor, actor named Zach uh, Gotzigan who uh, is the, uh, plays a role in The Peanut Butter Falcon, which was a movie that I loved from this year. Uh, Shia LaBeouf is also great in it. Uh, but basically, Zach, he's, he has Down syndrome. This is the first movie to, to really star somebody. I mean, I, maybe it's a little bit of a stretch for supporting, but, but anyway, uh, it, it was one of the first to star somebody with Down syndrome, but it's not... It's not a patronizing uh, yeah. film like it could be. It's just a really sweet little road trip movie uh, where, uh, where Zach and Shia LaBeouf and Dakota Johnson are obviously on a raft uh, floating down the river going to trying to find this, uh, um, this WW, uh, this wrestler um, mm. guy that, uh, Zach has admired, uh, for, for a long time. And, uh, I just loved it. I thought it was a great little movie and I, uh, I thought that his performance was really wonderful. And, uh, I actually got to interview the directors and writers, uh, and it's really cool because they, their friend Zach, uh, just had had all the training, really wanted to be an actor but there was, he wasn't getting any roles. He was, nobody would hire him. And so they were like, okay, let's make a movie. <laughs> like, like, and so they wrote a movie for their friend and they made it. And I think that's really cool. And it was actually a surprise little hit. Um, it made over $20 million for a small indie. I think that's yeah. pretty cool. And no, that's, uh, yeah. that's nothing to sneeze in. Yeah. And so I really loved the peanut butter Falcon and uh, I loved his performance in it. It was really good. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I just I just found out he's going to be presenting at the Oscars. So looks like hopefully he'll have a great career mm -hmm. after this. I hope so. I hope so. He did a really good job. Uh, what do you mm -hmm. have as supporting actor? So my supporting actor is a bit of a cheat because it's one actor, two performances. And I'm talking about Mr. Chris Cooper in uh, Little Women and A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Mm -hmm. I think he was just... Uh, we have a later category, which is tearjerker. And I think my pick for tearjerker is also Chris Cooper. I think he's just the guy who, who made me cry this year. Um, in Little Women, he plays the, mm -hmm. I probably remember his name better than I do. Mr. Lawrence. Mr. Lawrence with his relationship with Beth and the piano when he sits on the stairs. Oh my God. I'm mm -hmm. getting choked up already. And in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, he is playing the father of the Matthew Reese character who is basically, mm -hmm. uh, who has a really tough relationship with his father and it's Mr. Rogers kind of like helps him um, have a better relationship. I think Chris Cooper is doing great work. I think with with you know 
truly supporting performances that that are like limited in screen time he just does the most that he can with them and he uh hits it out of the park yeah he's a great actor no doubt about it uh he's he's really really good uh all right very good choice and you could say i think tom hanks does a a good job as mr rogers supporting role oh definitely i think he's great Mm -hmm. um okay so then we have the best score uh, for this one, I have to go with Promare because one of the things I didn't mention uh, is the way they use the music with the visuals in Promare is perfect. It's so good. And the score, it, it combines sort of electro- electronic music with uh, traditional uh, orchestrations in a really cool way. It's uh, very good. But then for a more traditional choice, I would go with um, Little Women. That was a really great score. I love the Little Women score. Um, I guess this is the part in which we're going to go around some technical awards that we want to give, right? Um, uh, yeah, I think. What do you have? I have a I couple so. because, I mean, I have a best score pick. Um, I love the Little Women score. I also love the Marriage Story score. But um, if we want to go back and forth with some other technical stuff, mm-hmm. I like you said before, the product, for production design, I think Parasite, the fact that they built not just the the rich family's house, but also the poor family's house. And they right. made in a huge set. They're just perfect spaces. And you can tell their design because it's like, uh, just the fact that for the, you know, it's the upstairs, downstairs sort of thing put in t- explicitly into the design almost, right? Like the, to go mm-hmm. to the rich family's house, you have to go up a hill and then you have to go up the stairs and everything is up, up, up. And for the, poor family you have to go down into the you know like basically the sewers of the city and then like go into the underground and like even the toilet is like further up than their house you know and like in the bathroom i just think that's like an incredible amazing detail Mm -hmm. so yeah Yeah, for sure i agree with you there um then uh best song is my next one uh, and I have Glasgow from Wild Rose, which was such a great song, and I wanted it to be nominated so bad, but uh, but it wasn't. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and then I I loved uh, Lost in the Woods from Frozen Two. I thought it was so funny, and I thought it was such a great song. Uh, and so those would be my my picks for best song. Yeah, I I agree with you. Lost in the Woods is probably my favorite of the Frozen Two songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so funny to me. Uh, so, uh, did you have, a, did you have a song or? Uh, I don't have a song, but I do okay. have a double, uh, a double mention for the same movie for Hustlers. I think the costume design and the editing in Hustlers, uh, I was mm. really impressed. I feel like for me, it's, uh, one of the best edited movies of the year, just the way it moves, uh, and goes back and forth and it just like keeps moving. I like my roommate was watching it the other day, uh, and I just was walking by and I watched like five minutes. And then like before I knew it, the movie was over and it was just, I had seen the whole thing just because it moves so flawlessly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and for the costume design of that same movie, I would say just like an incredible time capsule of the time in which it takes place. I feel like uh, it takes place like around 08, 2011, you know, and um, which doesn't feel super period, but like this movie argues that, that just with like some subtle stuff you can totally place in eight ten years ago you know what i mean like even though the fashion hasn't changed that much there is enough that you can tell oh this is 2008 um and i really loved it 
yeah very good i i agree so my if i were going to pick my favorite costumes i would pick actually a surprise even though i didn't give the movie fresh uh the costumes in maleficent mistress of evil were really mm. really impressive and i thought the movie was kind of bonkers i was really close to fresh uh it, but um but anyway it was they were really good <laughs> to Great. me and so then uh i have next i have visual effects uh and i would give it to avengers endgame i thought was just really great visually mm -hmm. especially avengers assemble was really great uh and then uh, i uh, i would give second place to 1917 for visual effects for me uh but uh, uh what category do you have next for technical um i think that's it for me okay uh so um best screenplay i don't know if you have that i do have that okay. and for me the best screenplay is uh, little women i just think yeah. it's a great adaptation i um i never i had never read the book i didn't know any of the previous adaptations but just uh going into it um, I was not lost at all. I know some people think that the time jumping was uh, confusing, but I didn't. I could follow perfectly. And just hearing about it later, about the people who were telling me the differences and how the movie changed the characters and the arcs, I think uh, I was even more impressed. I really, really loved the, the fact that it was not just an adaptation of the book, but also in some ways it feels to me an adaptation of Greta Gerwig's relationship with the book, which I think was also really cool. I agree. That would also be my choice for adapted. Uh, and then for the original screenplay, I would go with Parasite again for all the reasons we've discussed. Yeah. Uh, so uh, an incredibly tight screenplay. I just want to yeah, say like it's yeah. so, so well done. Right. Okay. Then uh, for uh, best, these are now we're going to get into some of our just fun, silly ones. Uh, and so, yeah. <laughs> so best duo. Uh, again, I have Zach Gotsigan and Shia LaBeouf in The Peanut Butter Falcon. I nice. Just loved them. It was really good. Uh, did you have a they best play, duo? Do they play brothers, friends? No, they're yeah, just friends. 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 They meet. I, uh, he's escaped from this. Um, he's basically forced to live in this nursing home because mm -hmm. he doesn't have any guardians to uh, to take kind of take care of him. Doesn't and uh, and even though he is he can function, but you know, it's just one of those, one of those things. And so he escapes from this nursing home and, uh, and he meets, happens to meet Shia LaBeouf's character, who's kind of on the run, I guess, from this man he owes money to. And, and uh, so they end up kind of Huckleberry Finn style on this raft, uh, going through, uh, um, going down this river to try to get to this, um, this wrestling school that mm -hmm. uh, he wants mm -hmm. to go to. And uh, Dakota Johnson is kind of his caseworker at the uh, at the nursing home, and uh, so yeah, it's kind of that type of story. Great. Uh, I also picked a couple of friends. In my case, it's Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in mm -hmm. Hollywood. It's a good choice. Um, I love Brad Pitt, and I think he's incredible in this movie. I don't love Leonardo DiCaprio, but I do think this is one of his best performances. I was really impressed. Um, and I love them together as like just two giant movie stars hanging out with each other, the rapport that they have, 
they both looking cool, but also like kind of pathetic in certain moments. It was just, it was, I feel like it was perfect. I think it was great for a movie about Hollywood to have these two together at the center. That's a good one for sure. All right. So we have best kiss. This was easy for me. And it's more of like a, a an ending sequence with that ends with a kiss is mm-hmm. the, uh, uh, can I, can I hold your purse? Can I uh, moment in like always be my maybe. I just oh. loved that whole scene. It was so good when he uh, stops her on the red carpet and he gives this little speech and he just says, can I hold, can I hold your purse for, for you? I just want to be with you. I just, uh, I loved it so much. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. That was very cute. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. My pick for best kiss, uh, pain and glory, uh, the Almodovar movie, um, which I liked a lot, but I didn't love as much as other Almodovar's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to revisit because of that. I feel like I want to see it again just to see if it grows on me in the second time. That being said, I think there are specific sequences that are just incredible in the movie. And one of them, have you seen it yet, Rachel? I did. I did see it. Okay, so I'm it. talking, so the, so the scene in which the old lover, played by Leonardo yeah. Sparaglia, comes over to his apartment and they have this talk about like how their lives have changed. Uh, the kiss that they have at the end of that, I just feel like it's just, wow. It's like, it, I felt so many things in that moment. That's probably my favorite scene in the movie. And that kiss, you just like sealed the deal. Yeah, I uh, I agree. That was a really good one. That's a good choice. Uh, okay, then we have uh, Biggest Laughs. And uh, I know a lot of people didn't respond to this movie, but I guess it's just maybe because I uh, podcast about rom-coms all the time all the time but i thought that isn't it romantic was really funny Uh, just in all of the easter eggs for all these romantic comedies that i love there were so many even in in her costume in uh her her dresses different things uh but i don't know i just thought it was really funny i thought that liam hemsworth as this uh uh you know sort of the dream guy i thought that he was willing to poke fun at himself uh, and, and made me laugh and I thought Rebel Wilson was funny and uh, it's just you know it's, it's a it's kind of a satire about romantic comedies and I really liked it I thought it was very funny and uh, and then I also I also thought the Angry Birds uh, <laughs> I thought it was really funny it's not a great story it's not the best plot the animation's right. serviceable but I thought the, it made me laugh a lot. I enjoyed it. So those are my Good. favorite. You know what? That's I'm, I'm glad to hear that because for me, it was not a particularly good year for comedies. I feel like I didn't, I, the ones that I saw were fine. And then like, you know, like outright comedic movies, I didn't see that many that I actually loved. Um, so what I decided to do for Biggest Laughs is go to the funniest, not movies, but the performances that made me laugh the most. Mm. And I ended up being a tie between uh, Kiki Palmer in Hustlers, who I think is just hilarious. She plays one of the the members of the gang. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one is a Florence Pugh in Little Women, who I also think, I mean, she's very touching as Amy, but I think when she plays young Amy, she's so funny. I think like, and I think she's so, it's such a smart idea to to play the character as funny so that it's just not as annoying so that we understand that that she's just a girl, you know what I mean? Yeah. That she still has some growing up to do. 
yeah, it's a good choice. I think that Aquafina is also pretty funny in the farewell. Like she brings th- some humor to to that role. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not More like a awkward humor, but yes. Yeah, it's not like a a, mm-hmm. a laugh out loud kind of humor, yeah. but mm-hmm. it, that she brought humor to totally. the role. Uh, so that's that's yeah. a very very good choice. And uh, while we're at it, I just want to mention also one of the funniest performances for me of the year in just one scene is the woman who plays the caseworker in Marriage Story who comes to visit Adam Driver's house. I think she was just so funny. She's just so weird. And the way she talks, I think it was, that's also a really great scene. And she was so funny in it. Yeah, very good. Um, Okay, most rewatchable. For me, uh, I have definitely Blinded by the Light. It's just so effervescent and so uh, cheerful and wonderful uh, that that would be one for me. And then the other that I have is uh, the Downton Abbey movie. I thought was so well done. I, uh, I mean, it is just kind of a longer episode of the, uh, it's kind of like watching one of the Christmas episodes, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know. I, I liked it. I love the show. So of course I, you know, love the movie right. and I just really liked all the character arcs and I loved, I thought the script was really well done and I really enjoyed it. It was one of my best memories of going to the movies in 2019. My friend had this, amazing party uh where we all dressed up and uh in in the 1920s or whatever attire and or turn and um and then we all you know she had like different like a whole tea and it was really fun and then we all went to the movie together uh and so that was a really fun memory plus i i just love the show so i love the the movie great mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that makes sense because uh, it's a show that's made to be rewatched. So I mm-hmm. think a movie that fits perfectly. Yeah. Um, for me, um, I don't know. There's, there's, there's a, I, this year I have seen more movies more than once in the theater than usual. Mm-hmm. So Parasite twice, I saw Uncut Gems, Hustlers I saw twice. Um, but I think at the end of the day, the movie that I probably am going to rewatch the most throughout my lifetime is probably Little Women. So I have to go with that. Yeah, that's a good choice. All right, Tearjerker. And for this one, I, I did, I found 1917 very moving. I really cried a lot in Avengers Endgame. But <laughs> if I was going to pick, I would probably pick The Farewell as oh, the Tearjerker yeah. of the year. Uh, just, I, especially me losing both my grandmas last year. Uh, and so watching the movie about saying goodbye to your grandma was very mm-hmm. emotional for me. And uh, so I, I have to pick that as the best tearjerker of the year. Yeah, um, that's a great pick. Um, and I would say for me, I mean, I kind of revealed it already. It's not, ne- it's the Chris Cooper duo. It's not necessarily just the Chris Cooper parts, although those made me cry, but A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood and Little Women, I found both of those movies to be very, very, emotional experiences for me and i and i connected a lot i connected with uh sort of like the whole message of beautiful day in the neighborhood about like how hard it is to be a good person that it's just not that you're good that you actually have to put in the work and you're never going to be perfect like you see it in the mr rogers character how Mm -hmm. he himself has his own issues i really love that message and i love in little women i connected i feel like everybody does but i connected a lot with joe as someone who is like you know a playwright and a theater director and is trying to make it in the city and is trying to be creative and doesn't feel like, you know, you feel like mm-hmm. sometimes people don't really respond to your stuff and how are you going to do it and whatever. I just, I just connected so deeply with her, with her mm-hmm. art. So, yeah. 
It's a good one. Very good. <clears throat> and just for the record, uh, the uh, the really great movie, in my opinion, that I saw at Sundance for this year, uh, that is total tearjerker, is a movie that's going to be on Netflix. People should check out. It's called Dick Johnson is Dead. And oh. is a documentary about, it was a very creative documentary uh, about this, the director kind of exploring the uh, aging of her father. And, um, and I don't know, it, it really, it really hit me and I cried a lot. It was, wow. really good. it was also quite funny at times too. It was very, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, okay. So uh, the best date movie. So I have, I think that the best kind of movie to go to a date with is something that's a little bit scary, uh, but not like, you know, horror terrifying. Um, and so you just cuddle up and you watch this kind of scary movie, you know, this little scares. So for me, no, no movie did that better this year than Crawl uh with oh. the the, uh, the alligator movie yes characters nice. these characters fighting the gators uh i just thought it was so much fun i really enjoyed it and uh i think it'd be perfect date movie uh and then i know you weren't a fan but i think the knives out would be really fun to go on a date with because then you could talk about the case and talk about the different the mystery and the different characters and uh on the date and uh so i that would be my second choice all right yeah well i think i think the best movie to see on a date is obviously a romantic comedy and so i think uh you have to go with midsommar the best romantic <laughs> comedy of the year yeah about a relationship that is totally fine and totally works out in the end and everyone's happy yeah. all right so the best action sequence for me, I've said it like five times, but Avengers Assemble was my favorite. Um, but then I also, for a smaller one, uh, the movie Shadow this year was really incredible. And there's all of these scenes. I mean, every action scene in the movie is amazing. Uh, but they have all of these, uh, there's this particular scene where they all fight with these uh, umbrellas made of blades. And so oh, you nice. have the you have the martial arts fighting but you have this additional thing with these blades the cinematography was amazing in the movie it's it's a really good movie uh that uh i think if i was going to say something underrated i would probably say shadow um uh, but uh but definitely um it's a really yeah. really great action I, yeah, I really want to see that. And I think it's on Netflix now or, mm -hmm. or somewhere streaming. So I, I do want to catch up with that. It sounds really cool. Um, my action sequence is actually a tie. Sorry. Mm -hmm. um, the first one is the moon chase sequence in Ad Astra, which I think it's great. Mm -hmm. um, just very exciting. The rovers on the moon, like shooting at each other. And the other one is the opening action sequence in John Wick Chapter 3. Mm. Uh, which, um, you know, my, I'm starting to get a little colder about the John Wick movies. Um, I think just the guns, I, I just don't think guns are as exciting to see on screen. I mean, there's some other stuff like, I don't know, like the politics or whatever, but let's leave that aside for a moment. Just, I just prefer action sequences that are like either chases or like swords or something like that. I feel like mm. shooting at each other is not super exciting. So the first, the opening of John Wick 
he doesn't have a gun. So he has to be like, you know, crafty about like what he's going to use to like fight with these people. And he like, you know, he beats a people up, a person up with like a book in a library and things like that. And it's, and, and then he rides a horse and it's kind of crazy. So that whole section, I was super into it. And then the movie kind of like, I didn't enjoy the rest of it as much, but the opening sequence was just incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen it, so but I've heard I've heard good things. Um, okay, so then best musical moment. I've already talked about Lost in the Woods and Glasgow, how much I love them, but I also loved the various uh, musical set pieces in Rocket Man. I thought it was such a creative way to tell mm-hmm. a biopic and to use the songs to describe his life versus the order in which they were written um but even just the i would say if i had to pick one the the uh, uh even just that opening number the opening uh oh yeah, yeah 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 i loved it i just i thought it was really creative and i really enjoyed it so that would probably be one of my picks for sure if i was going to pick one from rocket man for me it would be the one in which he's playing i think it's crocodile rock at the at the troubadour and he starts to float yeah yeah I like that, I, too. I, that was so good i thought that was my favorite mm. um i also have a bunch um of choices there's the jennifer lopez introduction in hustlers mm. when she's doing criminal there is the um there's a scene in portrait of a lady on fire that's by a by a fireplace uh not a fireplace it's more like a bonfire right and there's these women kind of singing and it's like very very like a specific kind of chanting that it's very very um i don't know it's very rousing mm. it's like a it feels very different from the rest of the movie which is so quiet and then there's like this very loud singing um and also i have to say now that you remind me of always be my maybe i do love the i punch keanu reeves uh, song oh yeah moment yeah. that's very funny that was really good okay so then best animal performance there was no doubt uh on disney plus there's a little movie called togo with William Defoe, and it was such a welcome surprise. If you have access to Disney Plus, I highly recommend it. It really felt like a a a nineties live action Disney film, mm. uh, and uh, there the the dog is so cute, and uh, it's I really I really enjoyed it. I a lot more than I thought. It was wow. really good. So. Yeah. I totally forgot about that movie and I can't believe I haven't watched it yet because it's the perfect movie for my wife because she loves uh, Huskies. She loves Balto, the animated movie. Oh, you'll see Balto in a whole new light. Yeah. Yeah. She also loves Willem Dafoe. So it's perfect. Oh my gosh. She's got to see it. Yeah. I think she's going to love it. Um, Best animal performance turns out to be the Willem Dafoe uh, category because my pick is the seagull from the lighthouse. Oh, yeah. Um, which, you know, it ends up a little tragically for the seagull, but I think it was a great, um, it was just one of my favorite parts about that crazy, crazy movie. Yeah, good one. There's also, if people like uh, animal documentaries, uh, check out The Elephant Queen. I saw it at Sundance in 2018. And uh, it, I mean, 2019. And uh, these people—they literally lived in the uh, in the jungle for seven years, following these these elephants. And it was pretty, pretty, mm-hmm. well, pretty well done. Very good. Uh, so, okay, almost done. So we have best young performer, 
For me, this was pretty easy. Uh, Julia Butters in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I love her character on American Housewife. All the kids are so, I think it's a very underrated show, first of all. Um, but then all of the, the kid casting on this show is really good. And she's great on the show. Um, and I thought that she was so good. I could have almost seen her getting a Best Supporting Actress nomination for, for that, just those scenes with her and Leonardo DiCaprio mm-hmm. in Once Upon a Time Hollywood, I thought was excellent. Uh, and then I also loved Thomasin McKenzie in uh, Jojo Rabbit. I, she was so great in Leave No Trace. And uh, I just, I'm really excited about her career. I think she is, has huge potential. She's such a, a lovely actress, I think. Uh, so she, those would be my choices. Is she still a teenager? I, I was wondering, like, when doing this category, who's like, you know, like what the cutoff would be for young. Uh, yeah, I don't know, actually. Uh, she definitely plays a teenager in the yeah. film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, I guess that's why I thought of her. But yeah, yeah I don't know how old she is. But definitely, I, I thought Julia Butters was so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, I'm going to go with a movie that I don't like at all. But the, one of the few things that I do like about Jojo Rabbit is the, and now I forgot his name, the little kid who plays Jojo's friend. Uh, oh, I think yeah. Archie. So cute. Yeah, he he's just hilarious. The little fat kid with his with his yeah. British accent. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, agreed. All right. Well, so we do have most underrated as our last category. Uh, so these, for the most part, have really high Rotten Tomato scores for mine. But I just feel like I maybe it's better to say underseen. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I thought that the report was really good, and it just kind of got shoved out of theaters pretty quickly onto Amazon. Um, I think yeah. it's, I really liked it. Um, and then I loved the documentary Maiden uh, about the first all women uh, uh, sailing crew in the race around the world. I loved it. It was one of my favorite of the year. Um, and then I also loved a little movie called American Woman that didn't get much play, but I thought Sienna Miller did such a good job of playing this working class woman that has gone through this trauma. And she ba- it basically covers like 20 years of her life. And Christina Hendricks is really good as her sister. And I feel like uh, that Hollywood has a really hard time portraying working class women as anything but sort of damaged goods kind of or they're like an Aaron Brockovich type of character kind of and but this was a full-fledged person uh and so I I really thought it was a good little movie and uh that it should have gotten more play than it than it did all right my underrated um I didn't even think about the Rotten Tomatoes score I just looked it up my underrated has a 61 which is technically fresh but it's you know, it's right on the cusp. So right. I think it counts. And that would be a movie that I really love this year that didn't get the respect and didn't get the money it deserved, which is Alita Battle Angel, mm. which I think it's oh. just a great. Uh, it it would also have been like my pick for blockbuster of the year. Um, but I decided to put in the underrated because I want to make the case that people just didn't, uh, you know, people just weren't vibing with it when it came out. I feel mm. like it didn't, do that much money and the critics didn't get it and because it's cheesy i have to admit 
in a lot of ways in the plot, but the visual effects and the, it's just such an exciting, such a creative movie visually and, and in the action sequences. And, and I thought the lead performance by uh, Rosa Salazar as Alida is just incredible. I think it's one of the best um, motion capture performances I've seen. She's so sweet and so relatable as a lead character. I really loved that movie. Yeah. I, hey, I was in 61%. All right. I gave it a fresh. So it's good um, to hear. So so I enjoyed that as well. So there we go. We did it. I think we talked about some really fun films. Uh and uh so I'll put the list uh of these various categories in the description. So if people want to do their own videos or just in the comments section, if you want to leave your choices, that would be really fun. Mm-hmm. Hear it. And uh so uh Conrado, where can people find you? You can find me uh, on Twitter, and that would be at Coco Hits New York. Um, you can uh, go on my blog, which is CocoHitsNY.wordpress.com, if you want to see my Oscar predictions. And you can find me, obviously, on the Criterion Project, which I co-host with Rachel Wagner, the <laughs> wonderful host of this podcast, in which we talk about the Criterion channel and the movies that are available there. Um, so please, yeah, check that out and subscribe. Yeah. Uh, yes, and you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So make sure you check that out. I just finished uh, reviewing 26 films from Sundance Film Festival. So you definitely want to uh, take a look at that. And I also have the Homeworkies podcast. So uh, check out uh, that uh, as well. We, have, we just finished our, our, our um, uh, Homeworkies podcast awards show oh. over there so definitely take a look at that so nice. uh thanks so much this was really fun and uh so uh let's definitely do it again next year <laughs> all right oh we forgot to talk about cats oh, oh we have to yeah. start over me talk about the uh <laughs> Most the best animal performance what were we thinking <laughs> oh boy <laughs> so all right well we'll talk to you all later thanks so much bye bye